We are uh, looking at, at two passages with a similar theme. Uh, Jenny read them for us, Luke 24 and Acts 1. You could turn uh, probably to the Luke passage first if you'd like to. Um, we'll get there in a, a couple minutes. Luke 24, Acts 1. In the world of the internal combustion engine, which lamentably to me seems to be coming to an end, (laughs) there is a concept that every engine builder needs to understand, and that is the concept of timing. Uh, Because of the very close working relationships between the internal engine parts, in order to keep them from crashing into each other inside there, they have to move in certain ways and at certain times. Uh, Their movements have to coordinate with each other. If they don't, well, it's like dancing, uh, which is something I know nearly nothing about because I am a lifelong free Methodist. (laughs) Uh, All I really know about dancing, besides being forced to square dance with a girl that I did not like in the fifth grade, is that if you get out of sync with your partner, somebody either winds up stepping on the other person's foot at best, or at worst, both people, and maybe several other people around them, can potentially wind up on the floor. Uh, You can ask me how I know about that. Uh, It goes back to fifth grade. Um, That's what's important about coordination and timing. Uh, With an engine... If the parts inside get out of sync with each other, they crash into each other and break and potentially ruin the whole engine. So to keep everything moving as and when it should, engines have timing mechanisms, timing gears that are fitted with either timing chains. You think of a bicycle chain sort of thing, but larger and a lot stronger, or they have a timing belt like this. Uh, It's rubbery. It's got teeth carved into the side of it. But these are what link the moving parts together to keep them coordinated. They keep them in sync with each other so that when one moves in, the other one moves out. And when one moves out, the other can move in. That is why a broken timing belt or a stretched or a broken timing chain stops everything and sometimes breaks everything. Uh, When the parts no longer pay attention to the timing mechanism, when a part is supposed to be moving out, moves in, when parts are are designed to work in concert, in harmony like that, just decide that they're going to do their own thing and they're going to sing their own song, that's when chaos and carnage happens. Pistons and valves run into each other. The valve stems break. Rods crash through the walls of the engine blocks. It's mass hysteria inside there, okay? Chaos happens without the proper timing. This is what Luke is writing about and what Jesus is talking about in both of these passages. God's divine timing Mechanism. So think of the church, the body of Christ, as an internal combustion engine. 
Okay? Now, I know that some of you environmentalist types are cringing at this, but hang, hang with me here, okay? Think of the church as an engine. The timing mechanism for this engine is God's Holy Spirit. That is one of the Spirit's roles in the life of a follower of Jesus. The Holy Spirit is very much like a timing chain. Or a timing belt, a big part of his work in our world is to move God's people in such a way that tells them precisely how and when to go this way or that way, here or there, in and out, so they don't run into things or into each other, other parts of the body, which is God's engine of work in our world, you see. And so they don't wind up causing chaos and carnage and ruining something as they go about following Jesus. A few weeks ago, I mentioned the words chronos and kairos and how both of those words have to do with time and timing. We said chronos has to do with the calendar and with the clock. Chronos says it's nine o'clock, so it's time to go to bed. (laughs) At least my chronos says that. Uh, I realize some of you, especially younger people, you can't even imagine that. But many of you will come to understand the beauty of that as you age. Kronos says, 9 o'clock, time to go to bed. Kairos, though, is different. Kairos is about the time being right. It's the appropriate season. It's the right moment. It's the opportune time. Uh, I am tired The kids are all home, I know where they are, and all the good TV shows have gone off the air. So, it's time to go to bed, whenever chronos time that might be, you see. That's the difference. The Holy Spirit is God's kairos timing mechanism. He communicates God's kairos time to God's people So that they know that this is the time to move in this way or to say this or to say that or to not say this or that or to not go here or there. It's the Spirit's job. It's the Spirit's job to tell Christ's followers, this is the time, this is the moment to take a stand or to step back one or the other. This is the time to either make this move or to stay where you are. It's the Spirit's job to say, this is the right time. That's what the Spirit does in our lives. One of the things the Spirit does in our lives. And you see it in Scripture over and over again. Acts 13.2 says, While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called. This is the time. For those two to begin a special mission. That's the work of the Spirit. In Acts 16, we read how the Spirit kept Paul, the Apostle Paul, and those that were traveling with him from entering into Bithynia. So they went in another direction. Now is not the time to go there. That's the Holy Spirit's word to Paul and to his companions. In Acts 20, the Apostle Paul followed what he called this irresistible drawing of the Holy Spirit to go to Jerusalem. And Paul was also warned by that same spirit about the hard things that he was going to encounter there. That's all kairos timing, you see. And it's the job of the Holy Spirit to keep you and me and all Christ followers in this kairos time. That's the Spirit's work. 
to keep us moving, stopping, turning in ways that accomplish God's purposes while not crashing into each other. Now, think of that just for a minute. Think of the complexity of that kind of coordination. In an eight-cylinder engine, you've got eight pistons and at least two valves per cylinder. One intake, one exhaust. Some, some have more valves than that, but with just two, you've got one intake, one exhaust. That's 16 valves plus eight pistons moving. That's 24 pieces that have to move in perfect concert with each other, or you have metal parts crashing into each other at high speeds. So inside every engine, there's this tremendous dance going on between all these parts that the timing mechanism orchestrates. Now that is hard enough for me, anyway, to to really get my head around. But that's a very tiny matter. Uh, You who are newer to this area may not realize it, but not long ago, Route 68, Harrodsburg Road, up out here north of of Wilmore, was a windy two-lane road almost all the way to Brandon Road, just south of Southland Church. A few years ago, they made it all four-lane, clear down here to the Y, which is no longer a Y, but a T, which people still don't even understand how to use, but that's that's a different different sermon. Whoever did it, the Kentucky Department of Transportation, Allen Construction, I don't know, whoever did that work on Route 68, as they were building it, I remember driving up the old road and looking at all that was involved in that. I remember looking at all the earth-moving equipment, the dozers and loaders and dump trucks, and then there was all this fencing of all different kinds and stacks of drainage pipes and all of the power lines that had to be moved and then the gravel and concrete and asphalt and and all of this stuff and, and a lot more than that. All this stuff that was involved. There's so many moving parts Different people involved. I was driving toward Lexington, watching that, thinking about that, and I rear-ended somebody because I wasn't paying attention. No, I didn't. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I was thinking about all that stuff sitting there, all the different components and elements and the pieces of equipment and the companies and the people that were involved, and the fact hit me that somewhere there has to be someone who's in charge of the timing of all of this. There's got to be someone somewhere in an office who is telling the gravel trucks, you come tomorrow to mile marker X so that we have what we need for the drainage pipes to be installed there the day after that. There has to be someone who makes sure that the asphalt comes before the guardrails are installed. There has to be someone who makes sure that the cones are set up so some random traveler doesn't doesn't hit the person installing those little reflectors in the middles of the, you know, the lanes. And on and on and on. Detail after detail after detail. A project like that has to be timed so that everything happens you know, when it should. Imagine how complex something like that is. And that is just building a road in the middle of a field. Consider the construction of some 12-lane freeway in in some big city 
with bridges and overpasses and the rerouting of existing traffic and all the utilities and all that stuff? Or how about building an 80-story building in New York? The details of the timing involved in things like those are just mind-blowing to me. And yet, here is the Holy Spirit organizing the timing of the actions of millions and millions of followers of Jesus who are alive in the world today so that the church, the body of Christ, can move forward in concert with one another to accomplish the work that God wants done in this world. Organizing Communicating all of the movement of all of those people, all of those moving parts. That's the responsibility of the Holy Spirit. And of course, you know what would happen if the gravel truck drivers and the people painting the lines on the road just decided to do whatever they wanted whenever they chose, right? You'd have asphalt going down on top of the grass in the field. Before the road has ever been cut or drained or leveled or graveled or compacted, you'd get a nice strip of asphalt laid down right between the cows that are standing out there in the grass. How about if the flaggers just decided, you know, I think I'm just going to let people go on and drive on this section. It doesn't really matter that that bridge down there hasn't been built yet, right? You see, without the right timing, if everyone's left to just do as they choose, You have people crashing into each other, hurting each other, destroying things, and making the whole project ineffective and chaotic. That's why Jesus said on these two occasions, in Luke 24 and again in Acts 1, that his followers must wait. (laughs) Do not do anything, Jesus said, until the gift Until the Holy Spirit is given to you. Why? Because he's the one essential part of the engine of the body of Christ that brings everything together. Not only is he the one who empowers believers to do the work of God, and not only is he the one who gives the gifts of God to his people, but he's the one who sets the timing. The kairos moments of everything we do. When we get ahead of him, when we lag behind him, or when we simply don't pay any attention to him and decide to just do what we want to do, that's when things get messed up. That's when the church winds up painting lines on the grass out in the field. And that's when the church lets traffic run over the edge of the unfinished bridge, you see. So often... We think we know best. We think we know how God must want it done. And in our well-intentioned but ignorant enthusiasm, we refuse to wait on his timing. And so we rush in and we do our thing and we wind up making a mess that delays the project, hurts people, often including us, and causes God to have to clean it up somehow. Send in the cleaning crew. A great example of that is back in Numbers 14. God told the Israelites, it's time. Go and take the land. But they didn't believe him. They they looked at the situation with only their human eyes. And they decided, no, it's not time. 
God's mistaken. <laughs> it's not time. So the Lord punished them. He struck dead all those who had gone in, explored the land, and then convinced the people to not do as God wanted done. He punished them. So then when the people saw, oh, God punished them. Okay, we need to obey the Lord. Let's go now and take the land. But the Lord said, no, 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 not now. The moment has passed. It's too late. You have to wait. But again, they insisted upon doing it their way. So they disobeyed the Lord a second time. And they went and they tried to take the land and they were absolutely routed by the Amalekites and the Canaanites. Why? Because they were out of time with God. In those days, God talked to his people through leaders, prophets, judges, sometimes kings, Moses in that case. While Jesus was on earth physically, he set the timing for what his followers would do. But he was only able to be in one place at a time. Today, we have this tremendous gift of God speaking to his people through his Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus talked here about the best yet to come. With the Holy Spirit, God can direct his people in all places, in all instances, at any time of the day or night, all over the world. That's why Jesus said that those who follow him will do even greater things than he himself was able to do for the sake of the kingdom. Because every Christ follower can know God's will, can know God's timing because of God's spirit in our world. Speaking to us, within us, setting the timing of the things we do, the things we say, where we go, how we work, what we study, on and on and on and on. The very key, you see, to successfully doing the will of God is to be able to hear the voice of the Spirit. And then, of course, to be willing to obey what the Holy Spirit says. What his voice communicates. And those are the questions that every believer has to come to terms with. Have you received the spirit into your life? Are you consciously tuned into his frequency? Do you know he even exists? Are you aware and have you received the spirit into your life? Do you expect to hear from him about what to do and where to go and what to say and the timing of it all. You see, if, if we don't believe he exists, or if we aren't willing to, to, to hear from him, if we're not waiting on him and listening for his, his clear direction, then chances are we're operating out of time with God. Now, we may have some random success here and there in doing that, but we'd be far, far more productive in the great scheme of the building of God's kingdom, if we'd listen for the voice of the Spirit and follow his lead and do things his way. Far more productive. <laughs> we get on our backhoe and we dig a hole. We may be very good, even gifted, at hole digging. And we may have dug a very nice hole. We stand back and say, that is a very nice hole. And well-meaning people around us come around us and look at the hole that we dug and say, that is a very nice hole that you dug. We say, thank you very much. And we feel really, really good about the hole that we've dug. And so we sit on our backhoe and we think we've done this great thing for God. 
But what we don't even realize is that God didn't want a hole there now. Even one that's very nice. It wasn't time for a hole to be dug there. In fact, there were several things that needed to be done before the digging of that hole. So now God has to do a bunch of remedial work and the whole thing has gotten way more complicated and it takes a lot longer for him to accomplish. But we wouldn't have known that since we weren't listening to his spirit's plan and his timing. See how it works? Are you aware of the spirit's role in what we do as Christians for the sake of the greater work of his church? And then are you willing to listen to Jesus when he says, wait for the spirit, listen for the spirit when he speaks? It's one thing to be unaware of the way the spirit works. It's another to be aware of the voice of the spirit, but to not listen to him. Ignore him because we want to do something else. When the Spirit says no, or maybe he says not yet. He's saying that not only for our good, but he's saying that for the good of the whole of the kingdom. He's saying that because other people, far more than we know, are depending on our listening to him. So the timing of their contributions and work can fall in line. Spirit's trying to coordinate the return of Jesus and all the work involved in bringing that to pass. But he needs us to realize that and he needs us to listen to him even when what he says may not make much sense to us. Uh, even when in our assessment we might think, oh, the time is right. If that still small voice deep within you says, no, don't do it, it may seem right in the world's opinion. It may even seem right in Kronos time. But it's not right. When we hear that deep within us, God is hoping and he's wanting us to obey so his timing prevails. So do you know the voice of the Spirit? And will you listen to his voice in your life? When he says to go, when he says to speak, or when he says to wait, stop. Uh, Jesus wasn't exaggerating. He really wasn't. The Spirit really was, in Jesus' day, the best yet to come. The Spirit's coming was promised by the prophets. It was promised by John the Baptist. His coming was promised by Jesus. Now he has come, he's here, he's with us, and he's the key to the accomplishment of God's will in this world. He enables us to understand God's word. He empowers our gifts and abilities. And he coordinates the timing of Christ's followers to do God's work and will. So, follower of Jesus, will you receive him? Will you receive his ministry? Will you submit yourself to him? Will you wait for his direction, his timing, so as to work with him? in accomplishing God's greater purposes for you and for the world around you. I think that's what God wants to know from each of us today. Would you pray with me? Father, if it was important enough for Jesus to tell 
those disciples there, wait for the Spirit. Would you impress upon all of us here how important it really is to wait upon you, upon the word of your Spirit, to listen for you. And Father, if there are some here today that that this is all news to, didn't know the Spirit had this sort of power and influence in our world, Lord, I pray that you would drive the truth of these words home in every heart such that we are a group of people. We are a group of Christ followers who listen for you and who obey you quickly. When you say to go, to come, to move, to speak, to wait. Lord, help us to be faithful and to work with you easily in harmony with you in bringing your kingdom to come here on earth. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.